drink and dance all night. Now let's talk of diapers and pacifiers and our pants are feeling tight. Bottle service with BKP. Bottle service with BKP. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. I am sitting here with Whitney English. She is a registered dietitian, nutritionist, co-founder of Plant Based Juniors, and co-author of the book The Plant Based Baby and Toddler. Whitney, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to be back, Sarah. I know. For the, for those of you who don't know, I've had Whitney on my other podcast, Big Kid Problems. She's the best. Had to bring her on for this show. This is something I was like so excited. I was like, I need to bring you on here because I think this is an area that I may have screwed up on in my own postpartum journey is I didn't really, I didn't really put a lot of thought in into nutrition, to be honest. Like I was so focused on the foods that I was so excited to eat. Like when I gave birth, like I was just focused on like which sushi roll I was going to get first, like a spicy margarita situation, like having turkey clubs again I wasn't really thinking about like the things I should be eating so I was hoping you could maybe fill us in and talk to us a little bit but why like we should care about our foods right after yeah. we give birth well first I just want to you know challenge that belief that you messed anything up we're all just doing our best right and I mean there are just so many things so many things once the baby is here to keep track of um and you got to be gentle on yourself. So I, I think you should definitely be celebrating all the exciting foods that you get to add back into your diet for sure. But nutrition definitely is important. You know, your body has gone through trauma, serious trauma. And depending on your mode of birth, maybe you're, you had a lot of blood loss. Maybe you have some fourth degree tears. You've got wounds to repair. You've got tissue to repair. So part of postpartum nutrition is really just building your body back. Um, and then secondly, if you're breastfeeding, you're going to be continuing to support your baby's growth. So you, you saw the growth happening internally for nine months, and now it's going to continue outside of your body. Babies double their size in the first uh, six months. So that means trying to produce enough food basically to grow a baby anywhere from six to 10 pounds. So your body's still undergoing a lot of, a lot of change. Yeah. <laughs> you, you put it, you put it, uh, right. I feel like especially like the going through trauma part is like, <laughs> holy crap. Well, you get out of this and you're just like, whoa, what yeah. just happened? What you're just like, happened? did I just get hit by a semi truck? I mean, there was a, there was an accident that occurred here. Yeah. As normal, as normal as it is, you know, I think a lot of people, because this is a normal process, um, don't treat it with as much care. Don't understand like that your body really needs to be resting and, and regrowing. My new moms and moms to be out there. We all know our bodies have been through so much. It's time to give ourselves a little TLC with Nima. Guys, I absolutely love this brand. They are a clean and effective skincare collection created for mothers and their families. They specialize in three core products and each one of these is like top tier, okay? They have the Revitalizing Stretch Mark Cream. You've heard me talk about this before. It's an ultra hydrating cream designed to specifically target several mechanisms involved in the formation of stretch marks. 
I use this one all during pregnancy and after pregnancy on my belly and boobs. It is incredible. They also have a restorative scar treatment, which is a science-backed scar cream that improves skin texture for a smoother appearance. My C-section girlies, I'm talking to you. <laughs> I've been using this scar treatment and absolutely love it. And then finally, their third product is the Renewing Balm. It's a moisture-boosting combination of botanical extracts designed to help soothe and renew chap lips, chafe nips, and any other irritated skin. I mean, all three of these products are just on point okay they are clean vegan hypoallergenic and dermatologist approved and they all just feel so good on your skin it is such a treat for our little bottle service community nema is offering a special discount just for us so head to nema.com that's n-e-m-a-h.com and use code big kid at checkout for 15 percent off I'm going to link it in our show notes so you guys have it. But again, that's Nima.com. Use code BIGKID at checkout for 15% off. You deserve it. Definitely my next pregnancy, I feel like I'm going to be I'm going to be more prepared <laughs> the second go around, <laughs> God willing. Um, but for anybody who's listening who you know is maybe preparing to give birth or is just giving birth, like what – like hit us with what where you think we should start. Like what – what would you do to prep for like when you come home from the hospital? Like what should we, what should we be eating? So I can tell you definitely in theory what I would do, what I wanted to do after my, uh, my second pregnancy, you're not going to want to cook. I think, you know, that any, any woman who's given birth knows that in the first few months, even you're kind of just hanging on for dear life. If you can get food in your body every day, like that is a success wherever it comes from. Um, so if you have the foresight, maybe it's your first child, because once you're on to number two or three, you're probably not going to have time to do this, but I would recommend, you know, batch cooking some meals, batch cooking, a bunch of snacks and freezing all of these things so that you have some easy, nutritious food on hand that you can reheat. Um, you know, I'm talking like some casseroles, some lasagnas, things that hold up really well. You could even make some like healthy breakfast burritos, individually wrap them. And again, I'm just, I'm going to acknowledge that this is an ambitious thing, but if we've got a overachiever first time mom here, who's got a lot of time in her, on her hands leading up to her pregnancy, that is what I would do. Um, I would also suggest asking asking for help, telling your friends, anybody who wants to come see the baby and bring toys, be like, I will forgive any baby blankets. We've got enough of those. And maybe you can make me a nice home-cooked meal because that's what's really going to count. That's what, that's what new moms are really looking forward to. Asking your partner to pitch in, maybe they can help batch cook some snacks for you. Um, really, really reaching out, kind of planning ahead for the things you know you're not going to have time for. But I also yeah. want to circle back to kind of what I said right away, which is that there is just too much pressure on moms. And while nutrition matters, it's not a make or break situation. If you ate solely ramen noodles for the first three months, you know, and took your prenatal vitamin, continue to take that while you're breastfeeding, if you are, um, you're okay. You know, the number one thing your body needs during this period really is calories to continue uh, with the tissue repair and supporting your baby's growth. So try to let go of all of these notions of what, um, 
a perfect first time mom is doing what perfect postpartum nutrition looks like and just, you know, give yourself some, some grace and some time to relax. So the number one thing I think to focus on number one is, is calories. So, Mm. um, both for that repair, but also if you are breastfeeding, you're going to need about 400 to 500 calories a day extra to support your milk supply. Um, so just get food in while you can. I mean, I survived off, like I said, ramen bowls, pizza, a lot of breakfast burritos, comfort food, those first few months, I was just, you know, trying to survive. So, um, that's, that's number one. And then number two, you know, I mentioned the continue to take your prenatal vitamin because your, your nutritional needs are going to be increased across the board. Um, if you're breastfeeding, they're going to be higher for most micronutrients than they were even during pregnancy. And there really aren't a lot of vitamins out there that are specialized for postpartum nutrition or lactation. So most of the time it's fine to just continue your prenatal and also continue your DHA omega-3 supplement. If you were taking that during pregnancy Or if you were eating fish, you can continue with trying to aim for two servings of a low mercury fatty fish per week. Uh, And that's because DHA is transferred through the breast milk. So that's going to be where your baby is getting that really important nutrient for brain for brain growth. Um, and then the final thing is choline. I can't remember if we talked about this on the last podcast, but this is also a really important nutrient for baby's brain growth. Um, and it is harder to find in the food supply. So it's really rich in eggs and soy foods. So if you're including about two servings of those per week in your diet, you're, you're covered. And if not, I would recommend a choline supplement. Mm, Okay. I, I, I love that. And supplements are just easy to, (laughs) easy to pop in and know you're getting your, hitting your nutrition. Um, you brought up a a good point and this is something like, I want to like beat the drum on this for the future. Cause I feel like, I feel like back in the day, like food trains were a thing where people would like come over and bring casseroles. And now like the new thing is everyone like gets you like postmates gift card or like contributes to the Mm. um you're you're ordering out and i remember like those first like three months like we ate out so much and i was like i don't feel good like i don't like eating out for this many meals is just like i just i I don't know i felt like it was it was like not great um so i was gonna ask you i guess well two questions um if we are ordering out like what are some things what are some things that you would recommend to like look out for or maybe some things to like stay away from when, when we're, when we are doing those, uh, post-made orders? Okay. Yeah. Same. Like all those foods I listed earlier, that was all post-mates. I mean, that's what we survived <laughs> off of. Um, I would say number one to keep in mind is to balance your meals. So you want to make sure that everything you're ordering, all of your meals and snacks have a source of protein, a source of fat and a complex carbohydrate and complex carbohydrates are those that are rich in fiber. So I'm talking about whole grains, uh, beans, uh, legumes, fruits, vegetables, uh, nuts, and seeds. These are all going to be things that have complex carbohydrates in them. Um, protein, whatever form of protein you like, and then opting for those healthy fats. So things like olive oil, avocado oil, avocados, 
And by eating this way, you're going to maximize your satiety. So that means that you'll full, feel fuller for longer, uh, which is important when you're busy all day long. And maybe you don't exactly know when your next snack is going to come. Um, and then eat, pairing the macronutrients this way as well is going to make sure that you're covering all your bases for your micronutrients too. So your vitamins and minerals, because they're found in all of the major food categories. So I would say whatever you're in the mood for start there. Like I'm feeling like I'm in the mood for Mexican food tonight. Okay. Well, what's your protein going to be? I'm going to get the bean bowl. So I'm going to have some black beans in there. Okay. Where's your complex carbohydrate coming from? Well, there's going to be some vegetables in there, some brown rice in there, and then your healthy fat. Okay. I'm going to add a side of guacamole. So that's kind of my simple formula is start with what you're craving, because if you deny your cravings, you're going to find them later. I think that's a big diet pitfall for people at whatever stage in life that they're in is whatever the first thing they crave is, they often push against it and try to eat something else. And it always comes back around. If you're like, oh, I feel like I, I shouldn't eat bread for whatever reason. And so you omit that from your diet. You decide to get a salad. Well, three hours later, you are craving that carbohydrate that you decided not to have. And then you end up eating a bunch of cookies instead, because one way or another, your body is going to find that nutrient in, in some sort of source. So start with what you're craving and then decide from there, what do I need to add to my plate to balance this meal? So I want pasta. There's your complex carbohydrate. Can you make it a whole grain pasta? Awesome. And then build, build from there. Um, I would say secondly, one of the reasons maybe you feel bad when you order out a lot is because a lot of these foods are really high in sodium. Mm -hmm. um, whenever people say, oh, restaurant food always tastes so much better. It's usually the salt. <laughs> they usually have a lot of salt in there because salt makes everything taste better, but you don't necessarily need that much. So um, try to keep it simple. Um, it's usually a lot of the sauces where, where that sodium is going to be found. So if we're going back to like our our bowl example, um, maybe instead of doing a sauce, you do like a salsa or, or a guacamole or something stick to the, try to get ingredients in the least fancy form that they're mm. available. Mm. And again, this is, this is not all the time, you know, if you, if you want some big delicious saucy meal, like enjoy it to the fullest. But if you're trying to just kind of survive and, and you're ordering multiple times a day, you know, cut it back to the basics, go for, go for something that's, um, not as elaborate as a meal. And a lot of, a lot of lunch spots now, I feel like have those options to kind of, um, customize your meal with like the staple ingredients. Like you get your vegetables, you get your protein, you get your grain and you put it together. And that's a very basic good formula, I think for a balanced meal. Yeah. Is there anything, is there anything you like kind of want to avoid? Like, do you want to avoid like McDonald's at this stage? I know I, I'm kind of just hanging on to the thing you said where you're like, <laughs> just concentrate on calories. And now my brain is going like nuts. Like, all right. Yeah, you're like, oh my gosh, I can get every, I mean, <laughs> no, I think that's the really great news about postpartum is like, unlike in pregnancy, when you've got this laundry list of foods that you cannot eat, there's really nothing off limits um, postpartum. I, I would say, except for maybe pot brownies, you might not want to be eating those or anything else laced with illicit drugs, but everything else is good. You know, you can have your Damn margarita. <laughs> 
just wait till you're done breastfeeding and then, and then you're good. Um, but other than, other than that, like the, you can eat what you want. Listen to your body. I would say if you want McDonald's once in a while, honor that craving. Um, and then the rest of the time, try to offer some of those simpler, more balanced meals, try to get your friends to, to cook you a home cooked meal, try to get your spouse to batch cook, um, some, some snacks for you. And I've got some examples of some of my favorite postpartum breastfeeding mom snacks that I can share too, if that's helpful. Oh, yes. I want to get into breastfeeding in just a second In just a second. <laughs> but first, okay. Like to be honest, and I don't know if anybody else listening to this feels the same way. Like I love hearing like, go for whatever you want, like eat, get your calories in. But I know like even, and I'm ashamed to say this, but even like the day I came home from the hospital, I'm like, okay, I need to get this weight off of me. Like now, you know, like I, I immediately had some of those like thoughts of like, I need to start eating healthy right away. Like I want to get this, this weight off. Like if for people who feel that way, do you think you need to like wait like a couple weeks until you get to that point? Or like, what would you say? First of all, I would say it's so, so natural to feel this way. And it's so difficult because your body's completely changed. You know, you spent nine months watching it change and you feel like it should bounce back all of a sudden. I mean, that term bounce back is so prevalent in our, in our society. Um, that term, (laughs) that term, but yeah, when you think, think about it, um, rationally, it took you nine months to put on, I don't know, anywhere from 20 to 60 plus pounds of weight. It's only makes sense that it's going to take that long and probably longer to even get back to a place where you're feeling comfortable in your skin. Um, so it's totally normal. It's totally natural to feel uncomfortable, to want to feel yourself again, to want to be in the body that you used to be in. Um, but it's just not, it's not realistic. And in fact, it's not really safe. Um, so just like with any other type of weight loss, sustained weight loss, weight loss, that's going to last, um, long-term takes time. It's a gradual process. It's not a quick fix. Um, so research shows that postpartum, you typically lose around like 15 pounds is average right away from all of the fluid loss and the baby. Um, but after that, the, the process slows down to about one to two pounds per month. So it's a slow, slow process. And not only is this because that's just Sorry, I just wish like, somebody. Stop. No. Yeah, no, I just wish somebody would have told me that like yeah. before. Like, and I, it's shocking, right? Because you see all of these celebrities um, that are all of a sudden, you know, walking walking in fashion shows a few weeks postpartum. I remember um, seeing. I think it was like Alessandra Ambrosia, who back when the Victoria's Secret fashion show was a big thing, she was like back on the carpet like three weeks at the show after giving birth and we're, and we're sold this idea that that's feasible. But it's attainable. And, and that's achievable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you just work hard, like Sarah, I guess you shouldn't have been eating all those ramen bowls or whatever you <laughs> were eating postpartum. Like that's not the way that our bodies work. That's not the way they're supposed to work. Um, for most people that would one, take dangerous methods to achieve and to uh, backfire 
you, you might be able to lose some weight quickly, but eventually it's probably going to rebound and you're going to, you're going to be trapped in a, in a, in a diet cycle. So I say the, the most important thing is to kind of try to shift your focus. So yeah, I get it. We don't feel good. We want to lose this weight, but instead of focusing on weight loss, start, try to focus on nourishment. So what can I do to make my body feel better? What can I do to support it, to thrive and repair itself? And in turn, it will slowly get back to where it's supposed to be, to where your body feels good. So instead of what should I not eat, I try to focus on what should I add? What should I, fo- what should I eat today? What's going to be help my body feel its best? So number one, it's fiber. It's balancing that plate. So making sure you're getting in those complex carbohydrates. That's where fiber is found. That's what's going to help you stay fuller longer, prevent you from yo-yoing, you know, going through periods where you're not eating to p- periods where you're binging. Um, you're going to want to focus- give us some, can you give us some examples of like fiber rich foods that you'd want to add to your plate? Absolutely. So, um, one of the best sources of fiber is whole grains. So, um, whole wheat bread, whole wheat, English muffins, whole wheat tortillas, whole wheat pasta, oats, um, quinoa, um, there's so many different kinds of whole grains. If you really want to branch out, you've got your ancient grains, you've got your farro, your couscous, um, whatever it is, you're looking for it to be intact with the whole grain. So when you look on an ingredient label, you want whole grain to be the first uh, word. Yeah. I'm asking a question. <laughs> like raising, you can be raising your hand. I'll take you next. <laughs> yes. Um, just with that, because like I, we usually eat gluten free in our house. Are you still getting fiber, fiber from like gluten free bread? Is it if the same? If you're choosing some that are fiber rich, so it can be a little bit trickier when you do gluten free because a lot of the gluten free um, products like a brown, like a, like rice flours, for example, are actually pretty low in fiber. Um, mm. so you definitely want to flip over the package, check out the ingredients and look for the fiber content. Um, you can also look at the daily value, which is the little percentage on the side. Anything that's, um, less than 5% is going to be considered a poor source of whatever nutrient that is. Anything that's over 20%, it would be considered an excellent source. Mm-hmm. Um, and women, uh, I'm forgetting off the top of my head, what it is during lactation, but the average woman needs 25 grams of fiber per day. The average man should aim for 38, but really some of our healthiest societies actually get an upwards of 50 grams of fiber per day. I would argue that fiber is probably one of the most important, if not the the most important nutrients when it comes to overall health and definitely when it comes to weight loss. So you want to be getting fiber. So whole grains, fruits and vegetables, any whole fruit and vegetable is going to contain fiber, nuts and seeds and beans. These are all really excellent sources of fiber. So an easy way to boost fiber, for example, in the morning, start with a bowl of oatmeal. That's a whole grain. That's gluten-free. If you're getting gluten-free oats, um, it's rich in fiber. Add some seeds to it. Add some flax seed. Add some chia seeds. Those are going to be an instant protein and fiber boost and also get you some micronutrients like iron and zinc, which maybe we'll talk more about in a second, but those are really important um, nutrients for repairing and replenishing in your body postpartum. Um, and then if you're making a smoothie, you know, you can toss in a handful of spinach or a handful of kale. That's going to get you some fiber in there, your fruits and vegetables. Uh, there's tons of easy ways to get it in, but I would say that that 
that's probably the first thing that I always add to a meal. It's either how can I get some fiber in here or how could I add some produce, some fruits mm. and vegetables? And then focusing on omega-3s in your diet as well. So DHA is the one that's really important for babies. Um, that is primarily found in seafood. Uh, but there are also plant-based sources of omega-3s like in um seeds, the seeds we just talked about, flax seeds, chia seeds, hemp seeds, and all of these are converted in our body also to longer chain omega-3s like DHA. And so that's not only important for your baby if you're breastfeeding, but it's also important for your own brain health, which we all know um, struggles <laughs> pretty much indefinitely postpartum. <laughs> I was going to say, like, I'm going to need to add a lot more chia seeds because I my just brain- kind of drink them. <laughs> yeah, like my brain function is laughable, laughable yeah, at this yeah. point. I don't know. I'd like happened. to tell you it gets better, but <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm rambling this morning. <laughs> yeah, everybody I asked that question to, like all my mom friends, I'm like, when does the mom brain go away? They're like, never. Like, welcome to the rest of your life. So it's just that's... it's a switch that flips on and it just <laughs> Ooh, shit <laughs> is real. Yeah. Um, okay. I fully failed at breastfeeding um we'll get into that at some point in this podcast um but I've heard from my friends who were successful at it that like you are insatiable insatiably hungry <laughs> while you're breastfeeding like, yes. you can just be starving and it can come on really quick like I've had friends that I'll be like talking to and like mid-sentence they're like I have to eat right now <laughs> I'm going to pass out. I need to put something in my mouth. Yeah. Yeah. So um, how about I know you mentioned you had some great snack recommendations. Let's let's hear them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I will say that this can happen to women if you're not breastfeeding too. And one of the biggest reasons is the lack of sleep and the stress. Both Mm. of these things increase hunger hormones in your body. So I find that, and maybe that's one of the reasons with the breastfeeding too, is because you're up all night breastfeeding, but the hungriest times I had were in the middle of the night. Um, You just get hit with a wave of hunger. So um, First off, eating regularly, trying not to skip meals, which can be very easy to do when you've got a million things going on. Um, But that will kind of uh, prevent the the yo-yo cycle of, of restriction and then, and then binging on food. So you want to try to make sure you're getting three meals a day with two snacks in between regularly nourishing your body. That'll prevent you from getting to those, um, really extremely hungry, uh, periods. I liked to keep these really yummy energy balls in my freezer that I made. Um, so these are made with chickpeas, oats, a nut butter, and then you can add whatever mix-ins you want. So if you want something a little more dessert-like, you can do chocolate chips, call them a cookie dough ball, or you could do something like raisins or some of those seeds we talked about. Um, And you make a big batch, freeze most of them. And I would just pop these things all day long. I would eat them for a meal if I didn't have time, because uh, if you, if you go through our checklist of those three nutrients, you've got your protein in there, your complex carbs and, and your healthy fat. So it's really like a meal in a ball. These things were my, my saving grace during during pregnancy, during breastfeeding, and even now. <laughs> yeah, we're going to include this recipe in show notes for anybody who wants it. I've made a variation of these, but without the chickpeas. I feel like the chickpeas mm. is, um, you know, really like probably like the, the strong, a very strong addition. 
Yeah. Yeah. So these balls, we actually came up with them for plant-based juniors for our book because our kids um, loved them so much, but they really are, are, I think the perfect snack for all stages of the life cycle. <laughs> Moms, awesome. especially. Yeah. I, I love that. Speaking of, um, well, okay. Oh, so the, those, I want to yeah. add one more thing about this hunger. One reason that you may be hungry and maybe it's not actually food is that you may be thirsty. People often mistake um, thirst for hunger and your needs go up to about 16 cups of fluid per day while you're breastfeeding to support your milk supply. And so that's a ton of liquid that you mm. need to be getting in. Um, so I recommend always keeping a water bottle on you at all times, just constantly hydrating. Um, and that can, that can help to hopefully deter any hunger that you may, or any mistaken hunger that you may be experiencing. And the good news about these hydration needs is it doesn't just have to come from water. Hydration needs are also met through any foods that you have. So, uh, fruits are really high in water. I mean, watermelon, for example, um, and then your coffee, your tea, uh, your latte, whatever it is, the, the fluid in there actually counts towards your overall hydration needs as well. And oh, you I'm can't so have coffee. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad that you, you, uh, you brought up that point because I feel like that's something that's so overlooked. And then aside from our pot brownies, there's nothing else that you would <laughs> recommend staying away from for, for no more pot brownies. Um, <laughs> No, I think really just any medications, any, any illicit drugs, uh, everything else is, is good. Yeah. Um, unlike during pregnancy, when there's the concern of like certain, um, uh, pathogens that like bacteria or things that cause infection, being able to be transferred to, to the fetus that, that it doesn't occur through the milk. Okay. So good to know. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But on the, on the flip side of that, <laughs> On the flip side of that, um, there are nutrients that are transferred through the breast milk and that are their only source. Um, so it is really important that you're getting these things in your diet. So again, the things we talked about earlier with the DHA and the choline and continuing to take your, your prenatal vitamin, um, because if you're not getting these things in your diet, then baby isn't going to be getting them in, th in theirs. Oh, okay. Great to know. Um, Winnie, this is such a good, like a, a great crash course. Um, and this is really, really helpful. If people want to find more from you, if we want to get more recipes from you, cause I know that this is something you share a lot on Instagram. Can you pimp yourself out so we can just get more from you? Sure. Thank you. <laughs> um, our book, the plant-based baby and toddler covers everything you need to know about nutrition from birth, um, both for you and your baby through all the way first few years of life. So highly recommend that we have a whole section on, uh, postpartum nutrition and lactation and about 50 different recipes that are good for the whole family. And you can follow us on, uh, plant-based juniors on Instagram and plantbasedjuniors.com um, online for, for free recipes and free nutrition information. Awesome. I'm going to share all of that good stuff in our show notes. So make sure to check those out guys. Whitney, thank you so much for being on. Photo service with BKP. Photo service.